Mystery and thriller readers, this one's for you. We're giving away the 10 best mysteries and thrillers of the year so far to one lucky Book Riot reader or podcast listener. The prize pack includes Miracle Creek by Angie Kim, The Lost Man by Jane Harper, American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson, and much more. Just go to bookriot.com slash best mysteries to enter to win and don't forget to leave your lights on. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 61, and we are recording on Tuesday, September 24th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? How was your trip? Oh my god, it was amazing. Um, I did not see any bears, sadly. That was, I saw a bear at the zoo. There you go. But... I we did get to snuggle with wolves. I saw those pictures. Oh, I'm so jealous. Like it was literally like they were like they were giant dogs. Like they were coming up to us and like hip checking us so that we could like scratch their sides and one Aww. of the wolves licked me in the face. So that happened in my life. Um but yeah, that was incredible. And we, and then we did our whale watch and it was really cool. We did see whales and we saw, um, we saw some baby seals and a couple of other things. It was really cool. But at the very end of the tour, we got to see one of their, one of their, one of the tour group's favorite resident humpback whales, um, who is very friendly. And he came like literally within five feet of the boat. So like he was kind of swimming around. We're like, oh yeah, there he is. There he is. And then all of a sudden he comes up just right by the boat. We're like, oh my gosh. So this was like a 50 foot whale up against our boat, which was probably not quite 50 feet. <laughs> um, well, no, it was, it was bigger than that, but still it, he was huge and he swam around the boat for a little bit and we were running back and forth to see him as he would come up for air. And it was incredible. It was, oh, I was practically in tears. I was so excited. So very successful first whale watching trip. Fantastic vacation. Um, we did a little bit of hiking. I thought I was going to die. Because <laughs> we ended up choosing what I thought were easier hikes, but it's like, no, they're like all uphill. Yeah. And like, yeah, the last hike that we did, I was like, I am so out of shape and my legs and my entire body is just going to like shut down on me. But it was gorgeous and we had a fantastic time and we are totally going to go back to Seattle. So if you are interested or if you have never been to Seattle, I do highly recommend going. Yeah, I was just talking to one of my friends this weekend because I went out of town too. I went to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, so not quite as exciting. But (laughs) Um, my friends and I were talking this weekend and I was talking about how I've never been to the Pacific Northwest at all. Mm -hmm. So um, my friends were all like shocked. They're like, but Powell's is there. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm aware. (laughs) Yes, we didn't get, we didn't go into, we didn't go to Powell's. That's in another state, but it is still on my list. And the Pacific Northwest was gorgeous even even when it was rainy it was gorgeous so i do really highly recommend visiting seattle it was it was i one of my one of the best vacations that my husband and i have ever taken and this is taking into consideration we went to london on our honeymoon like yeah we had a really good time 
That's great. Yeah, I highly recommend if you have don't already check out Giddy's Twitter because I saw the video that you like retweeted from that someone else took, I think, from your... Oh, with uh, the whale? Yeah. Yeah, he's like right up against the boat. Um, Also, fun fact, we got to see... um. They're called minky whales. They're the they're baleen whales, like humpback whales, but they're smaller. But they have really bad breath. Like when they come up for air and they exhale, like thirty seconds later, you will smell it. Oh my gosh! It's really gross. And so the tour guides are like, "Yeah, that's why we call them stinky minkies." Um, but yeah, fun fact: whales can have bad breath. All right, cool. Well, on that, on that note. note- <laughs> Um, So I'm going to start with our first sponsor, and that is All That's Dead by Stuart McBride. Logan McRae is looking forward to a nice, simple case, something to ease him back into work after a year off on on sick leave, but the powers that be have other ideas. A high-profile anti-independence campaigner has gone missing, leaving nothing but bloodstains behind, and there's a war brewing between the factions for and against Scottish nationalism. It's all playing out in the merciless glare of the media and Logan's superiors want results. Someone out there is trying to make a point and they're making it in blood. If Logan can't stop them, it won't just be his career that dies. Um, so Stuart McBride is a huge writer over in the UK. He's had a number of number one bestsellers over there and is considered one of Scottish crime fiction's best sort of writers out there. Um, this book would be great for readers of Ian Rankin, uh, Val McDermott, and Peter Robinson, and for people who enjoy watching gritty dark crime dramas like The Fall or The Bodyguard, Happy Valley, or Killing Eve. Um, so if you are into those sort of like darker, grittier crime novels, I know we just did an episode on Sc- Scottish Mysteries. So this is, again, another great one if that's sort of your jam. Um, so again, that's All That's Dead by Stuart McBride. And we thank them so much for sponsoring this episode. All right. So if you are a long time listener, welcome back. If you're brand new to the show, we are so glad to have you here. I first of all, I cannot believe that we are over 60 episodes into this show. Um, I feel like we say that every other episode, like where is all the time gone? But um, yeah, it's just bonkers that we've been doing this for this long. Um, but this is always the part in the show where we invite our lovely listeners to let us know if you have any uh, ideas that you'd like us to talk about on the show, whether it's a subgenre um, that you haven't explored and you're interested to um, hear us talk about it, whether it's you're looking for some kind of a theme book list. We've had people ask for recommendations for their book club. Um, if you're looking f- to dive into more diverse mysteries, if there's something in the news, anything along those lines, let us know because we really do use those ideas for our episode. In fact, um, today's episode is, uh, in fact, a, a quote unquote sponsored by one of our listeners who sent us an email and had a really good uh, topic for us. So we decided to do that for this show. Um, but yes, so if you have an idea for us, we will have our contact information at the end of the show. And even if you don't have an idea, if you just want to say hi, give feedback, talk mysteries, any of that fun stuff, please hit us up. We love chatting with you people. Um, so with that, I guess we'll go ahead, jump into, uh, the, the news. I guess there's not a ton happening right now, but we've got a few news items. Yeah, just a couple of things we want to touch upon. Um, so first up, I have the fact that the 2019 National Book Awards has announced all of their long list candidates. And in, usually we don't really talk about the National Book Award on 
or uh, Red or Dead just because like usually it's pretty much straight like literary fiction-y type of books in terms of the fiction writing obviously um, that gets nominated although sometimes there are true crime books that get nominated for uh, the nonfiction list uh, but I did want to mention that The Need by Helen Phillips was nominated for the long fiction long list um, so yeah it, that's one where it kind of is a cross genre-y type of book uh, Katie I know you read it so you can maybe talk a little bit about it but I was just a little I was a little bit surprised to see that it was on the list just because I never really expect anything kind of genre-y on these lists. But of course, like Marlon James was also nominated for Black Leopard Red Wolf, which is a fantasy novel. But again, it's one that sort of is a literary darling, so to speak. So yeah, maybe it's not too surprising to see it on the list. Yeah, the need is definitely, I would put it more on the literary fiction end of the spectrum than straight up like suspense. Um, but it is good to see it, to, to see a variety of books represented on these long lists. Um, and when you mentioned true crime, that actually reminded me there is a true, um, there is a true crime, uh, book that was nominated for the nonfiction long list, which was Say Nothing, A True Story of Murder and Memory in Northern Ireland by Patrick Radden Keefe, which I have not read, but I know it's been getting a lot of attention from critics. Um, it's been, I, it's been nominated for a few awards, I think. Um, but this, this is, um, a true crime story that has, that has been getting a lot of attention. Again, I don't know if it's ends up being more of kind of like a, literary nonfiction things uh story so to speak rather than true crime but it definitely touches on tr- on it definitely focuses on true crime um so that that book is in the, is in the mix as well just for a different category and then well like guess speaking of true crime hey hey look at that segue um <laughs> when i was putting together another or a, a book riot newsletter i came across this book and apparently i guess like we we all learned about it like just after the last episode was recorded um but a couple weeks ago there's a memoir that came out called Diamond Doris the true story of the world's most notorious jewel thief by Doris Payne who is the aforementioned jewel thief she is an 88 year old grandmother turned convicted international jewel thief and she's writing her memoir and i cannot think of anything more fantastic than that description and it is available now for you guys to check out i know normally we save that kind of stuff for the new releases section but since this came out a couple weeks ago and because it's so bonkers i had i had to mention it um so again that is diamond doris the true story of the world's most notorious jewel thief by doris Payne, who is an 88 year old grandmother and an international jewel thief i mean truly people contain multitudes <laughs> all right and then i guess we kind of have like a little bit of a true crime thread sort of uh going through here uh so this is not really like book related directly but it is kind of sort of uh so i'll get into it anyways uh there was apparently this m- crime book this like mystery book that was printed back in like the 1930s um it's like or it's like a literary puzzle um and it was first published in 1934. It's called Kane's Jawbone, a Novel Problem. And so basically this book consists of like a hundred cards or pages that need to be like put into a proper order. And then the book will then make sense and tell the story of like these six different murders. Um, and basically so it's basically like a novel that's put you need to put together as a puzzle. Um, and so 
apparently, because of the, their number of pages and things like that, there are 32 possible combinations in which the cards can be placed, but only one of them is technically the right answer. And so back in the day, uh, there used to be a contest in order to figure out who could put this together. And apparently only two people have ever solved this puzzle. And now they're re-releasing this book this month, I think over in the UK. I don't know if it's coming out in the United States or anywhere else in the world, um, because this is a Daily Mail article. But uh, yeah, so the publishers Unbound are offering a £1,000 prize for anyone who successfully cracks the puzzle by uh, the 19th of September next year, so 2020. Um, so you can order it and see if you can solve it. I don't know. I haven't looked into like the details of this, like maybe only the first person who solves it gets the money for it, because I can imagine that if you open it up to everyone in the world and with the internet and whatnot these days, uh, you'll probably get a number of people who might be able to solve it correctly. But with 32 million combinations... Maybe not. Uh, so yeah, I again, there'll be a link in the show notes for the this article as well as all the others that we've talked about here today. But I feel like this is something that would be of interest to our readers. Um, so maybe you can check it out, especially if you live over in the UK. Maybe you can pick up the book and see what fun combinations you can get. My brain just like, just like cramped up on me. <laughs> I mean, like, part of me wants to get this book just to see what it's like, because I kind of am really intrigued at the idea of, like, you putting the pages together yourself and just, like, seeing how the story works like that. And then I can't even imagine, like, knowing that there's one right combination, technically. Like, I have, I, I'm just so intrigued. The concept is fascinating, but I have a feeling that that book would end up being thrown out my window <laughs> by some point. <laughs> We'll let the squirrels solve it. Well, part of me also wonders, like, how do you know if you've gotten the right answer? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe there are instructions on, like, where to go and, like, you put in what you think the answer is and it'll tell you if you're right or wrong. But I feel like at a certain point, I would just want to know what the right answer is so I can just see what it all looks like. So hopefully uh, they will put that, like, make that published maybe after next year or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely definitely beyond my mental capabilities, but very very interesting. Okay, so with that I have our second sponsor for the episode, which is The Stranger Inside by Lisa Unger. Uh 20 years ago, Rain Winter narrowly escaped an abduction while walking to a friend's house. Her two best friends were not as lucky. Their abductor was eventually sent to prison and years later was released, and then someone took justice into their own hands and killed him in cold blood. Now, uh, Rain has moved on, is living the suburban life, and spends her days as a stay-at-home mom, but when a man who is acquitted of murdering his wife is found dead, Rain is unexpectedly drawn into the case and forced to revisit the, the tragic past that she had long ago buried. So... If you are into your dark psychological thrillers about um, people who are forced to confront dark secrets of their past, um, which is a common theme in dark psych in dark psychological thrillers, but if that's your jam, if you're a fan of Lisa Gardner or Karen Slaughter, you will probably really enjoy this book. 
Uh, Riley Sager, who is the best-selling author of Final Girls, one of my personal favorite books, um, he says that it is a darkly thrilling tale of survival and obsession. So if this sounds like your jam, definitely make sure to take a look at The Stranger Inside by Lisa Unger. Uh, it is published by Park Row Books, and it is available now. And we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. So for the main discussion... We got a request from a listener who is a librarian like myself and said, you know, I would really like some read-alikes for some of the really well-known mystery authors that all of our patrons seem to request, but my mind goes blank every time they, they want something else. So we're talking the James Pattersons, the Michael Connellys, the Janet Ivanoviches, the John Grishams, like all those really big name authors. So we decided that we would help help a, a listener out, help a librarian out, and come up with some read-alike options for a few different super mega popular um, best-selling mystery and thriller authors. So hopefully this will, uh, hopefully this will be helpful if you are in a position where you are frequently suggesting books to people, um, or if you're looking to expand your own reading interests. Um, hopefully this will be of use. Um, but I thought this was a fantastic question. Um, Rincey, why don't you, uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, kick us off? Um, I will say our first author that we did re-likes for is James Patterson, but I find James Patterson, Michael Connolly, David Baldacci, and John Sanford all kind of get clumped in together. So these read-alikes would probably work fairly well for any of these authors, just just, just to because we don't have enough time to go through read-alikes for every one of them. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and also we should mention there are going to be just a couple of authors that we're hitting on. So obviously we won't cover all of them, but we tried to cover like different types of uh, mystery and thriller writers. So that way we'd be like giving kind of a broad um, suggestion base for you guys to work from. Or even if, you know, you know someone who knows, likes books sort of like this, this will give you a good place to start. Um, so yes, the first one we're going to talk about is sort of like the James Patterson-y type of books. And so I kind of have two suggestions here, kind of depending on which way that you or the person that you're recommending books to like to go. Um, so first is the Joe Day side of things, who is the author of the mystery series IQ. The first book is called IQ, um, and there have been four books out. I think the fourth book is coming out later this year, actually. Um, and so these books are really great for people who enjoy really smart mysteries, uh, but also like really fun characters as well. Um, this, the books are set in like South LA and you can really feel like the setting in these books. Um, IQ, who is the main character, uh, is just like a really interesting character in and of itself. He has a really interesting backstory. Um, this is for someone who wants like real, not real, but like kind of that grittier, dark, grittier crime fiction, like city based crime fiction. Um, there's a, like a lot of comparisons of the main character IQ to Sherlock Holmes. And it's kind of like if Sherlock Holmes grew up in like Compton, that would kind of be IQ as a character. So I feel like that's kind of the read-alike I would give if they're the per type of person who likes the sort of like darker, grittier crime novel like side of things. Um, the other side of things 
is the more like plot and action heavy side. And so for that, I would recommend Stephen Mac Jones. Uh, I actually just talked about him in the last episode, which is why I had him um, as a suggestion. Uh, because when I was reading his latest book, Lives Laid Away, it just felt like such a action packed should be a movie type of book and that's the way sort of like the james patterson books and things like that feel like they're very plot centered very um page turners and things like that so the first book in the series is called august snow it's the august snow series um and so you are following this man who is half black half uh, mexican and he gets the beginning of the story starts where like he's involved in this uh taking down a bunch of corrupt cops um and because of that he ends up like with this huge settlement from the city of Detroit and so he decide he like leaves the city for a while and then comes back to Detroit and decides he wants to help revitalize the city and then eventually gets caught up in sort of like de- private detective work almost um so yeah that one is sort of better if you want the more like plot driven stuff someone who someone who likes sort of like that typical guy's guy <laughs> uh, sort of character, things like that. I feel like Stephen Mac Jones is a really great one that's sort of like really under the radar. Your readers or the people you're recommending this to probably will not have heard of this author um, and the series before because it doesn't have like a lot of ratings on Goodreads or anything like that. Um, so it's definitely... Um, it also gets a lot of comparisons to like an easy Rollins, Walter Mosley sort of feel. Uh, so if you know someone who's like a fan of those types of books, too, I think that Stephen Mac Jones would be a great um, comparison. Yeah, those those are I would I totally 100 uh, percent back those suggestions, especially Joey Day. So for my suggestion, I also kind of focused on how a lot of these books have elements of police procedurals. They tend to be darker, um, but fast-paced, kind of plot-driven. And so I actually picked a Scandinavian author, um, a female Scandinavian author, because James Patterson, Michael Connolly, John Sanford, David Baldacci, all white men. Let's break it up a little bit. (laughs) Um, But the author that I picked is Sarah Bladell. And her, she has a couple of series, um, but the series that I focused on that has the most books in there, I think there's maybe like seven or eight, um, is the Louise Rick and Camilla Lynn series. In general, Sarah Bladell's books, they are, they're fast paced, as Scandinavian crime fiction tends to be, um, is on the uh, bleaker, grittier side of the spectrum. Um, but the it's they're really intricately plotted um they there's a lot of you know going after serial killers there's dark secrets in the characters past um so immediately i kind of thought of like the alex cross series um by james patterson um so this might be good for someone who's looking for something a little bit different um that like they've already torn through all these authors and they just want something that's that's going to maybe spark their interest a little bit. So yeah, I would I would say Sarah Bladell would be um would be also be a good kind of what what we call hidden gems, like an author who's not really well known, so there's kind of that element of discovering an author that like you may never have have heard of before. Um if that is something that you're interested in or you think your patrons might be interested in, um like I said, she has a couple of series. Um, if you want to go with the Louise Rick and Camilla Lind series, the first book uh, is called Call Me Princess. And uh, that book focuses on there's a there's an online predator and the uh, detectives have to they create an online profile to try and trap 
this person, trap this um, predator basically in in his natural environment, so to speak, online in like the chat rooms and stuff. Um, so very, very much it has, it has already, it just has a really compelling hook to, to get the reader interested. Um, so again, the author is Sarah Bladell, and the first book in that series is Call Me Princess. All right. The next author that we're going to provide read-alikes for is Janet Ivanovich. Um, so the one that I picked is Vivian Chen. She wrote the Noodle Shop Mystery series, and the first book is Death by Dumpling. Um, I read this one last year, I want to say. I, I think it just came out last year, but she's already put out like four or five books in this series. This one leans on the more cozy end of things, but I feel like this is a series that um, even though it leans cozy, it's not like super cozy. It still is like, not that other cozies aren't like this, but uh, it doesn't get like too sweet or saccharine, um, even though all of the books do have food pun uh, titles to them. Uh, I think that this would still be a really good one to pick up for people who are fans of Janet Ivanovich because it has a little bit of a romance element to it. Um, and the the parents of the main character, Lana Lee, are really funny because they keep asking when she's going to get married or find a boyfriend. Um, and yeah, so the basic idea is that uh, you're following this girl named Lana Lee whose parents own a Chinese restaurant. And in the first book, uh, the restaurant's property manager ends up dead after he gets a delivery of shrimp dumplings, which he's allergic to. Um, and so the story basically just continues on from there as they try to figure out like who tried to uh, give him the shrimp dumplings. Was it someone from the restaurant or was it someone outside of the restaurant who did something or messed with them or anything like that? Um, and so Lana sort of gets caught up in figuring out what exactly happened. Um, so yeah, I think that these are really, really fun mysteries. Um, again, they do lean on the cozier side, but I do think it provides a lot of the fun and romantic elements that uh, Janet Ivanovich fans would like. Yeah, so for this one, this was my turn. I have a couple of different suggestions. You can't stop at just one. Um, my first suggestion is um, Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett, which is the first in the Detective by Day series. We have talked about this series um, before on the show. I've read Hollywood Homicide, and this series... <laughs> Uh, the main character is Dana Anderson. I feel like she puts the amateur in amateur detective. <laughs> like, which, if you've read any of Janet Ivanovich's books, especially the Stephanie Plum series, Stephanie Plum, she is not what you would call competent. Um, she is, she's always described as a bounty hunter in training. And after however many books in the series, like, I feel like we're at like 20, we're at like 24, or 25 books, probably more. I'm like, when is she going to get out of the in training part of this? I feel like she should be a full fledged bounty hunter at this point, but maybe not. Um, but in those books, Stephanie Plum just kind of like, stumbles into these situations through her own bad decisions and questionable life choices um, and the relationships that she has with people. Like, everything just kind of keeps getting mucked up. And this, I feel like, really describes the story in Hollywood Homicide. Because um, the main character, Dana, she... Um, 
she witnesses a deadly hit and run and she wants to, and then she finds out that there is um, a significant amount of reward money out for anyone who can provide information about what happened. And she wants to go after the reward money to help her parents out so that they can keep her house. But as she, she starts investigating, like she has no background in this. Like she's just kind of thrown into this, into this very Hollywood lifestyle. Um, and so she's like, going to to some of these movie premieres and just trying to kind of like elbow her way into these very swanky spots and she really doesn't fit she really doesn't belong and so she's kind of stumbling into these situations herself um but you still end up rooting for her and you like her even though you're like mm, I don't know if that was the best decision you could have made in your life um but you still really enjoy um, reading about her antics. Um, so again, the first book in that series is Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett. And then the second recommendation I had, um, is any, is anything in the Spellman series by Lisa Lutz. Um, the first book in there is the Spellman Files. Um, if you really like the family members in the Stephanie Plum series. Like, I think it's her grandma Mazer. Oh, I've only read one book and her grandma like stole the show in the first book. And she wasn't even in the book that much. She was hilarious. Um, but the Spellman Files really has kind of that same element to it. Um, the, the Spellman family, they have their own family owned uh, private investigation business where half the time they're all like, investigating each other it's it's the kind of situation where like the boundaries between fam work and family are really really blurred and everyone is just getting into these these ridiculous hijinks um where that that just expand the more family members that kind of get pulled into the dynamic um so again it's kind of that that ridiculous setup um but there's a ton of humor in there that's what this series is really known for um again so if um if you're looking for another uh read like for janet ivanovich i would say lisa lutz would be a really good one and again uh the book you probably want to start patrons with would be the spellman files all right the next sort of read-alike author, big name, is Louise Penny. I feel like I hear about people who want to have Louise Penny read-alikes all the time. Um, so first off, I'm going to go with, I mean, both of mine are kind of on the bigger side, but I don't care. I'm going to suggest them anyways. Uh, so first is Tana French. Like, if you're not reading Tana French yet, what are you doing with your life? But I also think that if uh, you have someone who's a big Louise Penny fan, um, if you haven't already, I would get them on the Tana French bandwagon uh, just because Louise Penny's known for writing really great characters along with really good mysteries, which obviously Tana French is extremely good at as well. The only quote unquote downside uh, to reading Tana French is that you don't get to follow the same characters necessarily through the series. Like maybe you'll see a little bit of a repeat, but for the most part, it's new characters every time. But I think that Tana French is so great at what she does uh, because you still get invested in all of these different detectives in all of the different books. So get on that. Um, and then the other one is the Robert Galbraith or J.K. Rowling books. Um, I really think that uh, the main reason why I love these books so much is because of the detective uh, and Corman Strike and Robin. And so I think that, again, if you're someone who enjoys the Louise Penny books because of the characters, then the Rob Corman Strike series will also appeal to them as well. Um, I will say that I think The Cuckoo's Calling is 
the weakest out of the series, which is the first book in the series. But I do think you should read them in order because there is a progression to uh, Corman Strike and Robin's relationship that I think that really makes the story. But the books get stronger, but they also get darker as um, they continue. And I think that, again, if you're someone who enjoys character-based mysteries, then this should definitely be on your list. So again, that's uh, Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith, if you haven't checked it out already. Yeah, again, if by now, if you've been listening to the show, if you haven't listened, or if you haven't read or listened to Town of Rent or Robert Galbraith, you really need to get on that. Um, so my recommendation for Louise Penny, um, first author I thought of was, um, Kate Atkinson, who is, she is a British author, and she is also known for writing kind of these leisurely paced, character driven, really atmospheric, intricately plotted, really, really intelligent mysteries. Like they're really well crafted um, that just kind of take their time to unfold and develop and you really get to know the characters. Um, And so Kate Atkinson has written a range of books that are not all mystery and suspense. Um, She wrote Life After Life like five or six years ago, which was getting like all the attention. That one's like a weird, or not weird, um, it's like an alternative historical fiction kind of story if you've read that one. So not so much those books, um, but I would definitely, if you have a patron looking for Louise Penny read-alikes, get them started on the Jackson Brody series. Um, she just put out a new Jackson Brody book for the first time in several years, um, like a couple months ago, like maybe back in June. Um, but again, with that one, you, you, there is a character progression in these stories. So this is, this is a series you'll probably want to read in order. Um, the first, the first one in the series is Case Histories. And I think that was written like maybe like 10 years ago. So it's a little bit older. Um, but it is, it is one that, um, is really well known. So your library should have a copy of it or should be able to, um, to get a copy of it. But, um, yeah, it's, like I said, it, these, these are mysteries, like they're not, they're, they're well written, but they're not page turners. So if you're looking for someone who kind of just kind of wants to get lost in the story, this would, this would be, um, a really good one. Um, and in case histories, it's kind of interesting, um, because there's actually like three different mysteries that are all happening at the same time and, um, or that are all kind of connected and, uh, Jackson Brody kind of is investigating all three of them and then realizes that, hey, these might all be playing off of each other in some way. So again, uh, Case Histories by Kate Atkinson. All right. And the final author that we have on our list is John Grisham. Um, Now, we do have to say that legal thrillers aren't necessarily my uh, jam anymore. I used to actually read a lot of John Grisham when I was younger. But I don't anymore. And I usually just read like sort of one off legal thrillers. So I don't have a great set of recommendations for someone who might want like a long list or a ba- long backlist for to go through. Uh, but I do have to recommend Attica Locke because I feel like that's just required of me. Uh, but she does actually have um, a legal or lawyer based mystery series that I don't think a lot of people have read or picked up uh, because her big ones are sort of like the Bluebird Bluebird and the Cutting Season. Uh, but her first book is actually called Blackwater Rising. And it is um, the first in a what so far is a two book series. You are following this character named Jay Porter, who is a lawyer. Um, and it is 
just a really good book. I will say it's not as strong as her later stories because it is her first, but it does have a lot of the things that I have come to know and love in Attica Lock books. Um, complicated characters, uh, this great gritty Texas setting, um, as well as talking about things like race and class and the American dream and things like that. Um, so Jay Porter is a lawyer, um, and he like, basically wanted to be like this someone who was like fighting for justice and things like that. Uh, but basically, in order to pay the rent, he ends up doing all of these sort of seedier jobs. Uh, and one of his clients is this like call girl who ends up calling him um, while he's like at work or something like that, saying that she's in danger. Um, and he gets caught up in this case with her. Um, and there is a follow up to it called Pleasantville, which came out a couple of years later. It's yeah, like I feel like Attica Locke takes these mystery books or these like mystery tropes and really adds layers to them that you don't really get in a lot of other books. So yeah, she I really, really do recommend these. And I feel like that it's if you haven't tried Attica Locke yet, this is a great starting point just because it's the beginning of her bibliography. So again, that first one in the series is called Blackwater Rising. Okay, so yeah, um, same with me. I picked a I picked a one off for this one. Um, we I do have a patron at my library that really loves legal thrillers, um, but he's read so many of them that I the like when he comes in for something new, I'm just kind of like anything that's like vaguely legal related, I'm just throwing at him because he'll he'll check out like he'll he'll check out a few books at a time and he's willing to try a lot of stuff. Um, but he just hasn't found anything in a while that sticks. So I'm trying to like find different things that, that might, that might capture his interest. Um, but one book that I gave to this patron that actually I was looking at the Goodreads page, uh, John Grisham actually did a blurb for this book. So there you go. Um, that's another fun way to maybe find books that, that your patrons might like. If you can find a book that their favorite author recommended, that's a great place to, that's a great rabbit hole to go down. Um, but this is Confessions of an Innocent Man by David R. Dow which came out earlier this year. It's a debut novel. Um, and it looks at the idea of wrongful imprisonment and what justice really means. It's definitely a darker look at like the legal and justice system. Um, the main character, Raphael, um, he lives in Texas and then he finds himself uh, convicted of murder uh, when they find his wife murdered in their home, he's convicted of the crime, even though he did not do it. Um, he's sentenced to death, but then his freedom is given back. And now he is on a mission to deliver justice to people, to everyone who stole everything from him by convicting him of this crime that he was innocent, um, that he did not commit. Um, so it's a real thought provoking type of legal thriller. And I feel like a lot of legal thrillers are because there are so many, like, there are so many questions about what is justice? Um, and what do you, how do you make sure justice is carried out? And how do you, you know, what's good for one person may not be good for another. And there's just lots of lots of really deep questions about right and wrong and humanity and punishment and all of this stuff. Um, so this looks at um, this looks at a lot of those issues. The author in real life actually has um, been fighting against capital punishment um, and fighting against the death penalty in Texas. 
And so he kind of channels that path that that his life has taken and puts that into his fiction. And John Grisham, especially earlier in his in his career, he wrote what some people have called like the David and Goliath legal stories, where it's like one person up against like this giant corporation, but the little guy ends up winning. Um, as he's written, as he has progressed, um, some of his books don't quite have that same tone and tend to be a little bit darker, a little bit more thought provoking, and just kind of looking at these different elements. Um, plus, John Grisham really liked this book. Um, so again, that is Confessions of an Innocent Man by David R. Dow. Okay, so those are all the authors that we're going to run through in this episode. But feel free to email us if there are other authors that you're like, I need read likes for this author. <laughs> I don't know if anyone really needs read likes for any specific authors, but we're ha- happy to help out. And definitely let us know if anyone ends up checking out any of these books and what you guys uh, think of them. And if you think they are good read likes, or if you have any suggestions uh, for other books that might be similar to some of these big authors. Yep, because that'll also help me do my job. So... <laughs> Two for one. Woohoo. I love being a librarian who works for Book Riot. It's great. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So really quickly, since we went through a lot of authors in that last section, I am going to run through um, some new the new releases that are coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, so the first one is actually a young adult novel that is out today. Uh, it's called The Tenth Girl by Sarah Faring. At the very southern tip of South America, there is an isolated finishing school. Legend has it that the land will curse all who settle there. But for Mavi, a bold Buenos Aires native fleeing the military regime that took her mother, it offers an escape to a new life as a young teacher to Argentina's elite girls. She tries to embrace the strangeness of this imposing house despite warnings not to roam at night. Uh, threats from an enigmatic young man, rumors of mysterious others. Others is capitalized, so you know they mean business. Um, but one of Mavi's 10 students is missing. And when students and teachers alike begin to behave as if possessed, the forces haunting this unholy cliff will no longer be ignored. And one of these spirits holds a secret that could unravel Mavi's existence. I know I cannot convey a cover over a podcast, but you have to check out the cover of this book. Like, as soon as I saw the cover, I went, I need to read that. Um, so again, this is The Tenth Girl by Sarah Faring. Uh, next up, uh, we have The Butterfly Girl by Renee Denfeld, which comes out next week. So that is October 1st. Um, she wrote, um, The Child Finder, which, and The Butterfly Girl is a sequel to that novel. Um, Naomi, who I believe was the main character in The Child Finder, um, she's an investigator with a really uncanny ability for finding missing children, um, made a promise that she would not take another case until she finds her younger sister who's been missing for years. Um, or she has no pictures, she doesn't have a name, she just has a vague memory of a strawberry field at night and black dirt underneath her bare feet as she ran for her life. So the search takes her to Portland, Oregon. Um, there are scores of homeless children wandering the streets. Um, she discovers that young girls have been going missing for months, many later found in the river. And though she does not want to get involved, she is unable to resist the pull of these very desperate children in need. And the fear that she sees in the eyes of a 12-year-old girl named Celia, who is running from an abusive situation in her home. Um, So Celia has, she has hope in the butterflies, her guides and guardians on the dangerous streets. She, She sees them all around her. 
Um, it, to her, the butterflies represent um, a place where everything is safe, nothing can hurt her. But as danger creeps closer, Naomi and Celia find echoes of themselves in one another, forcing them each to consider the question, can you still be lost even when you've been found? Um, so again, that is The Butterfly Girl by Renee Denfeld, and that comes out on October 1st. If you are in a true crime mood, um, we have The Forest City Killer, A Serial Murderer, A Cold Case Sleuth, and A Search for Justice by Vanessa Brown. Um, and this one comes out on October 1st as well. So this is an unsolved murder, which I think um, I'll be gone in the dark. I think we're going to see a lot of these coming out. Um, true crime books about unsolved murders in the hopes that soon after the book is published, the murder may be solved. Um, like it was the case with uh, Michelle McNamara's book. Um, but 50 years ago, this takes place in London, Ontario. Um, there's a serial killer uh, prowling London, Ontario. Uh, women, young women and boys were um, abducted, raped, murdered. Um, and residents of the area were just living in fear, terrified of the monster or monsters stalking the streets. The homicide detective, Dennis Alsop, began hunting the killer in the late 1960s and didn't stop searching until his death 40 years later. For decades, detectives, both actual detectives and armchair detectives, and the victim's families and friends continued to ask the questions. Who was the Forest City killer? Was there more than one, more than one person? Or was it just one depraved individual? So the author has combed through the files that the detective left behind. She's reopened the cases, revealing previously unpublished witness statements, evidence details, astonishing revelations, and kind of uh, poses her question, which is, is the Forest City Killer still alive? And is it possible that a simple DNA test could bring him to justice like it did with the Golden State Killer? So again, that is The Forest City Killer, A Serial Murderer, A Cold Case Sleuth, and A Search for Justice by Vanessa Brown, out on October 1st. And then finally, um, we have Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky, which is also out on October 1st. If that name sounds familiar, um, he wrote the young adult novel, uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. This is not that book. <laughs> this is extremely different. It's also like super long. Like Perks of Being a Wallflower is this tiny little young adult novel. This is a big, thick suspense novel. Um, so in this book, uh, Kate Reese is a single mother. She's on the run. Uh, she wants to improve life for her and her son. Um, she's fleeing an abusive relationship in the middle of the night. And they find themselves drawn to the tight-knit community of Mill Grove, Pennsylvania. It's about as far off the beaten track as you can get. And at first, it seems like the perfect place to settle down. But then her son, Christopher, vanishes. Six days, no one can find him. Until he emerges from the woods at the end of town, unharmed, but not unchanged. He returns with a voice in his head only he can hear, and with a mission only he can complete. Build a treehouse in the woods by Christmas, or his mother and everyone in the town will never be the same again. Um, so we've got missing children and mysterious voices with mysterious missions for the, for the people to complete. This is definitely one that seems to border that line between suspense and horror. Um, so if you're dark and demented like me, this would probably be totally up your alley. So again, that is Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chbosky out on October 1st. This book comes with the warning to read it with the lights on. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so to wrap things up really quickly, I don't have anything to talk about in terms of things I've finished recently because I have not been reading very many mystery thriller books. I've been reading lots of other things, but nothing really worthwhile to talk about in this podcast. But I do want to say I have a copy of Heaven My Home by Attica Locke, which is the follow-up to Bluebird Bluebird. And that is 100,000% the thing I'm going to be reading next. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm very excited for it. As you can imagine, I've honestly like everyone I know who has gotten advanced copies of this or has already finished it since it came out last or two Tuesdays ago, um, has been raving about it. Like I haven't heard a bad thing about it. So I'm very excited for this. Yes, that one is is definitely on my upcoming list. Um, so for me, I don't know why it took me so long to finish this darn book. Um, but I finished theme music by T. Marie Vandelli, um, which I had talked about previously, and I didn't get a chance to finish it until after vacation. Like I brought the book with me on vacation, I still couldn't finish it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it is super dark, super gory. <laughs> Um, it reminded me a lot in some ways of Dark Places by Gillian Flynn, in that both books deal with the main character coming to terms with the aftermath of their family being butchered with an axe. You know, like you do. Um, but yeah, it was super creepy. Definitely, if you're a horror fan, this would be a really good one to read. Um, I really enjoyed it, even though I it took me way longer than it should have to read it. Um, it was it was really good, and I thought it ended really well. I loved it. Um, so again, that's theme music by T. Marie Vandelli. And then in terms of what I'm starting, I have talked about starting Speaking of Summer by Kalisha Buchanan. I have finally started it. I'm like 50 pages into it. It definitely has a little bit of a slower start to it, and is um. And it's taking a little bit for things to kind of get up to speed. It's very much, um, again, more on the literary end, uh, but it is, seems to be a very character-driven novel, which is interesting. Um, so I'm going to keep reading that. And then last night I started Mayhem by Sarah Pinborough, which is like historical suspense slash horror because it takes place in London during the times, uh, during the killing sprees of Jack the Ripper. But it does not focus on Jack the Ripper. It deals with another set of murders that was going on at the same time, which I did not know about. There were two murderers going around at that time. This one is also unsolved. This was the Thames Torso Murderer. Um, which is exactly what you'd think. They were finding disembodied torsos in the Thames River, and for some reason they thought it was not Jack the Ripper. Um, so this is based on those very real crimes, um, but it has more a slightly supernatural element to it, I believe. Um, so a very, very, very dark, um, very atmospheric, quite gory, <laughs> um, but it's absolutely totally up my alley. So again, that's Mayhem by Sarah Pinborough. All right. And that's our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. You can get links to everything that we talked about um, in the news section, as well as I will make sure that there are links to at least one book from all of the authors that we mentioned in this episode. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can find us. And if you want to email us and send us future episode suggestions or any other comments or questions, questions that you want to send our way, you can email us at redordead at bookriot.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.